Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. The Sewer Show. Squatters and unwaged airways. Presenting views, news and interviews from the Centrelink queues. Information on your squatting, legal and other rights. Troublemaking news from around the world. Coming at you every Friday between 5.30 and 6.30pm on 3CR. Hello, you're on the AV Sewer Show. This is 8.55am and uh, yeah, we're on 3CR. So um, my name's Jem. I'll be uh, here hosting the show today and we've got Luke on the panel, as amazing as usual. And uh, yeah, we'll also have someone coming in to the show today called Eric and they'll give us some lowdown on their experience with the recent IMARC uh, situation that uh, yeah was a big week-long protest. So um, yeah, we'll just get into that. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to start with an acknowledgement of country. And, um, yeah, that basically this country's sovereignty was never ceded, that we pay respects to the Indigenous carers of the land, both past, present, and emerging, the elders, and, uh, yeah, acknowledge that this country is, uh, yeah, under a systemic, um, yeah, oppression of genocide and removing people of culture and that those communities are amazingly resilient and um, pushing back on that, which is um, amazing. Um, also acknowledging that that stuff um, happens on the, in the, on the systemic level, but also that this stuff happens on the personal level as well. And maybe some people already know of, um, yeah, as was recently talked about in the show just before this one about the um, young person that was... Um, shot um up about 300 kilometers of uh, away from Alice Springs in the center of Australia and yeah it was really sad to hear that and uh a few days later a um police officer was charged with murder so we'll um see how that goes but yeah it's always good to get an understanding of how these things um yeah affect real communities um but yeah getting on to the rest of the show we um yeah we'll just have a bit of a sit and a chat talk about the IMARC which is uh the International Mining and Resource Conference that was held in the lands of the Bunwurrung and Woiwurrung on the uh yeah lands of the Kulin Nations which is also known as Melbourne and um yeah basically we'll have a chat about what that conference is that you know it was a, is a large conference that was sourced from international and national mining companies um, coming together to network talk run workshops and um, yeah really experience uh, yeah extractivism to its fullest in in a big conference there and the uh, the uprising of the community to push back on that due to yeah I guess the idea that that stuff is not okay unchecked you know the the mining companies for far too long have gone unchecked they've been destroying lands they've been destroying ecosystem they've been affecting indigenous cultures across not only australia 
but other countries. Um, lots of personal heard lots of personal stories from indigenous cultures across South America who have been deeply impacted from mining and the culture of extractivism, which keeps our current system of capitalism going. Um, yeah, and that that basically people are 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 sick of that that I guess being unchecked and going as uh, you know as runaway capitalism and and just digging up things out of the ground to make a buck is not something that people are going to stand for anymore. Um, we saw a large amount of people stand together to um, to put a stop to it. So it's a bit of a bit of a spiel on on what IMARC was. Now maybe we'll talk about what blockade IMARC was. Um, this uh, So this was the community pushback on IMARC. Um, and we've got Eric here in the studio. And uh, yeah, maybe Eric, you can introduce yourself really quickly and talk about, um, yeah, I guess like how you, uh, yeah, found Blockade IMARC, the event. Cool. Um, thanks, Jan. Um, my name's Eric. I'm a uh, person living in Nam and... Um, yeah, I've been around kind of um, direct action circles for a few years now. And uh, for a few years, people have actually been going to the conference to do smaller actions, um, ranging from things like getting in there and jumping on stage and disrupting the, um, the talkers and the workshops to a few other little things. But yeah, this year, um, about four months ago, people got together and started talking about trying to organize a mass blockade. And so, yeah, I was one of those people, and I think, Jam, you were as well, right? Uh, someone that looked like me, I think, was around there. But, um, ah, someone yeah, that's actually I, very good. I definitely, um, I definitely s- came and stopped by. I definitely checked out the conference. I definitely walked past and had a look at it. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a quite, a, quite a big thing. Yeah, so the three days of the blockade did get a lot of media, but what probably um, didn't get talked about in the media was there was, yeah, four months of solid... Um, working together and organising from people from different um, political um, disciplines and backgrounds, um, and and different groups from yeah around around Melbourne, and it was really cool um, throughout the months before to have all those people working together in a way that perhaps hasn't happened in, uh, since other large um, efforts like G20 or S11. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I think like you know, riding up to it there was a lot of talk about um, inspiration like G20 and S11, which was large community groups kind of working together. Did you want to talk a little bit about, like obviously without um, getting into too much detail, but just generally like the different types of people coming together, which, yeah, I find um, really fascinating and awesome. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, all all sorts of people, um, people with uh, union sort of background um, and people with a background in environmental activism um, we also had people from the XR, um, which is that new um, climate change-based campaign that have been blocking streets. Um, and, yeah, all, all sorts of people, some people with a lot of experience and some people without. And, yeah, that mix made things sometimes um, difficult, but ultimately it's what, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's what made the blockade what it was. And um, I think there was a lot of learnings that came out from um, all these different people with different ideas working together. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was particularly impressed to see that, like, there was people that um, had all different ideologies politically working together, you know, couldn't, kind of putting that stuff aside. And you saw, like, people that, like, were more socialist-leaning versus people that were more, like, anarcho-leaning and even green capitalist-leaning, all kind of coming together and working together um, on this stuff. Like, um, yeah, pretty inspiring. Yeah, and what's always interesting in... Um when you've got those sorts of um, politics coming together is how to make decisions. And I think that's one thing um, which could be worked on for the blockade for next year, but also, you know, it, it, it kind of happened all right. And, and um, you know, we have different politics thinking, thinking differently about decisions. You know, there's a big focus from maybe the anarchist crew about consensus-based decisions and maybe um, more socialist-leaning people are more interested in um, the um, are voting by, by majority. So... Um, yeah, it's in- interesting to, to see those different tendencies play out practically in terms of decision-making. Yeah, yeah, and to see such a big impact. Like, I think, like, if people didn't know what IMARC was, um, you know, several months ago, I think majority of the population know what IMARC is now. So would you call that, like, a victory in at least some ways, like, just even getting the, the name out and the word out? I think so. Um, personally, I think it's kind of hard to measure what uh, victory or what what a success of a campaign might be. Um, I think for, for me, I like to maybe think more about what mobilizes the most people um, because, you know, ultimately the, the conference did partially go ahead and um, even if it was blocked, a lot of these deals will still go on. I think it's more about what sort of movement can we build and, um, yeah. Um, so I think it is difficult to measure success and certainly people would have seen in the media a lot of the rhetoric was around police interaction and police uh, violence, um, which did happen, but um, maybe we could be better at getting the narratives um, of actually these companies like um, Rio Tinto and Oceana Gold and what they're doing um, out there. Yeah, I think I think like we can we can touch on the police stuff a little bit later in the show, but really I am you know interested in that. Like what you know what's going on at a, at a you know an IMARC conference? Like what's happening there? Why why do people interested in like putting a stop to this? Yep, that's a good question. Well, I can, I can touch on a few examples, um, which are particularly absurd. Um, so a big focus of the conference is, is making the mining uh, industry look, look green or look um, progressive, you know. Um, so one of, the, um, one of the, the talks, one of the forums, was um, called Discussing the Implications of the Recent Launch of the Responsible Gold Mining Principles. Now, this conference was actually um, headed by Oceana Gold's Mick Wilkes, and for those folks that don't know, um, Oceana Gold is um, the company that's recently had its gold mine in the Philippines uh, blockaded by workers. And even, it's, even the government there hasn't approved uh, the, the mine to continue because of its horrible human rights and environmental um, record. And so that, that's the Daipio uh, gold mine in the Philippines. And a lot of people actually um, hassle Oceana Gold because they're an Australian-based company just down here on Collins Street. Um, but yeah, so this is the kind of absurdity you get. You've got these, these multinationals running these, um, forums on, um, you know, responsible gold mining principles when meanwhile, uh, what's going on with their mines overseas. So that's one example. And you've got, you know, um, Rio Tinto, um, running things on innovative exploration methods. Um, we've got, um, BHP. BHP, people will know, has a, has a terrible record in human rights abuse um, and also in, in, in workers', um, in workers um, rights abuses. So they, they often crush down on, on worker protests and when workers get together, they, 
they stamped on that quickly and they've got a history of that. But at nine o'clock on the Tuesday, BHP uh, ran a conference on responsible sourcing, diversity and inclusion and climate change. So, you know, they're trying to paint themselves as as the good guys, basically. Um, Meanwhile, in the past and ongoing, you know, you don't need to do a big uh, Wikipedia search to to find out what's really going on. Yeah, that's super like important and information like that really, I think like people want to get, you know, the people want to know like what is actually going on with these companies. Like people might've heard of BHP before, but like what's in that underbelly? Like what are those companies actually doing on the ground? Like there's a lot of stuff I hear, like particularly stuff like going on um, in South America, like the, you know, indigenous lands that are being affected and the community is being affected um, over in, in, in places like Colombia and other countries like horrendous stuff horrendous yeah that's stuff. right yeah and i think bhp are running the the Serijon mine i'm not sure if that's the correct pronunciation but it's the biggest open cut gold mine in the world you know so um yeah and there's protests there often with with indigenous people um spearheading those and that was one other great thing about the um IMUC blockade um from um that area of the world specifically we had from latin america um a really staunch activist an indigenous uh woman from the mapuche uh group and yeah, it was really good to have people like that um, who are, uh, because Indigenous people are at the front lines of these these struggles. It was good to have their voices there um, at the blockade itself. And yeah, I think that's a really important part of, of what needs to happen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I definitely, um, yeah, there was definitely room there where that I saw where there was a voice for people um, of, uh, people of colour and other cultures and, and different um, people across the country and um, the lands coming together to, to have a voice and speak out against the IMARC um, event. And um, yeah, I think that that's important to weave that narrative together to make sure that this is like, this is not something that's just happening in our backyard. These, you know, com- companies like BHP, that's an Australian company started in Broken Hill. Um, and, you know, it's just like, you know, it would be considered, oh, well, there's a local company, but they're actually far reaching, devastating effects, you know, across right on the other side of the planet um you know hitting people all over so yeah this is this is like a global issue this this happens in melbourne but this is a a global problem and um yeah we're on the front lines of that because this is a this is a conference where like you said they're running workshops um they're trying to push their greenwash but um yeah they're also like i guess making deals there they're like there's lots of um you know, meetings and, um, I guess getting to know each other, you know, going on there. And so that's where like they can introduce each other from different companies, close some deals, talk about how they can, um, mine infrastructure, um, you know, and mine the planet even more effectively and, and destroy things more efficiently. Um, so yeah, so it's really good that you're like lifting the lid and kind of opening that up. And and that's something that's part of the conversation. Um, and it's not just about police violence, obviously. Um, but yeah, Obviously, that did happen, though, and it definitely, like, wouldn't be worth um, talking about IMARC without, like, at least touching on, on that that situation. Like, there was people of different cult- different cultures there. I think even, like, a um, person that was uh, not Australian but South American that was even hurt um, by a, a horse, I believe, like a police horse. So there's, there was lots of people in the community that were hurt. Um, I guess, like, from someone that was there at Ground Zero, what was your, like, I guess, impression or, like, thoughts on, like, how the, how that was handled? These people that had come saw how these bad companies, you know, a- applied their, their business model and seeing how they destroy um, lives and the environment. And then community members come to face them to say, hey, we're not happy with that. And they're like, how do you think the police dealt with that? 
Yeah, well, um, I think it's worth saying that the police knew that we were coming. It was an open um, open um, blockade call-out for people to come and join, and, and we'd been planning it for months. Um, they definitely knew it was on, and they'd planned for that. But they didn't just plan like they might usually. Um, from the from day one, from the Tuesday when we were hard blockading, um, we saw police obviously having um, orders from above to be particularly... Um, brutal and and um kind of pushing their own um legal kind of um what they're legally supposed to do um in terms of their actions um from from the start so yeah it was if if anyone else that was there or if you weren't there even just looking at the um footage on social media um you can see that yeah there's a few cops maybe that uh, are a bit heady or you know we all saw that the um the symbols which a few cops were throwing around, which are very questionable, but overwhelmingly, it seemed quite clear that there was orders from uh, from higher up to really clamp down and protect these um, mining corporates. Um, and that, you know, I think that speaks to the. It's it's just a raw kind of distillation of how power is working in our current um, society. You know, um, that that's my own view of it. Because yeah, I haven't seen a police response like that before, and certainly. Um, you know, we weren't actually blocking a road like XR had been for the last few months. We weren't particularly in a dangerous position at all, which they often claim that protesters are. Um, we just saw police kind of stepping out of their way to to cause trouble, really. And, yeah, you can read into that what you want, I suppose, but no surprises with uh, who they're protecting, I suppose. And you, you wonder about what conversations happen behind closed doors. Yeah, totally. You, you kind of... Um you do like kind of make that analysis of like, okay, when the, uh, when the protesters are targeting a small, um, company or just standing out on the street, just blocking a road, they're not interfering with millionaires or billionaires. That's something that, um, the police doesn't come down violently, but the second you, you know, the second you stand outside of a conference where millionaires are standing and and meeting up all of a sudden, you know, even just standing and, and, and having a single chant is enough to get, um, you know, a, a brigade of police just like charging in at people, and um, yeah, it was it's pretty shocking to see and and hear about. Um, but yeah, that's kind of I guess the pressure that um, that blockade I mark is under, and um, yeah, whether that like is a measure for um, maybe uh, hitting a nerve or, or you know a raw spot in the um, in the system um, is is a good question to ask, but. Um, yeah, what we'll do is probably take a little bit of a break. We'll um we'll listen to a song. I think like there was a song I think by Patty Smith coming up. I think Glitter in Their Eyes, which is um yeah, much better than Pepper Spray in Eyes. So um this is definitely a a, a better way of uh, experiencing things in your eyes than than what I saw at iMark. So um yeah, this is Patty Smith. 3CR always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. And we're back at 3CR, 855 AM, and you're with The Sewer Show. We're here to talk about IMARC, 
climate activism, extractivism, blockade IMARC, what that was about. We've got Luke on the panel being amazing as always. And we've got Eric here um, that was helping out with that stuff and was there on the day and doing a lot of amazing work. And I guess like, yeah, wanted to, you know, everyone's seen a lot of the more intense things. We talked a little bit about how the police reacted and all that footage, but I was wondering like if there was anything else that happened on that day, some some other favorite standouts for you of like moments that were really positive for you that, you know, kind of inspired you and you saw that was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, um, on the Thursday, which was the last day, um, and maybe energies were a little bit lower after um, – yeah, a, lot, a big effort on Tuesday and Wednesday and, you know, everyone getting up at 5 a.m. to be there at 6 in the morning. Um, there was a kind of um, poignant kind of art, uh, artistic action where um, people put on ponchos and um, had some uh, white shirts, which they dipped in paint. And I was a part of those that action. And, you know, there's about 40 of us that put these ponchos on, lined up and dipped our, dipped our shirts in, in, in wet paint. And the idea was that, um, we were holding up signs that said hands off wet paint exclamation mark and so we went right in front of the police lines there and locked arms and um, yeah that was that was quite a quite an enjoyable kind of act of defiance um, although at the time you know it's a fairly light-hearted thing to do but things were so heightened the previous few days we weren't really sure how the police would respond um, but it's um, safe to say that no no police got a uh, red paint on their on them <laughs> I'm not sure if the paint actually deterred them or if they'd been told again, by maybe their, their higher-ups, maybe to, to, to take a back step on the last day. Um, but, yeah, that was quite nice. And, you know, other little moments as well, often, you know, when there's music going on and some some dance maybe or, yeah, there was a few a few really nice moments like that. Um, how about you, Jam? Um, from when I when I was there, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I saw lots of different things, um, more intense things, but then some really cool things as well. I saw, um, you know, just a little... Uh, band kind of rock up impromptly um, with a drum kit um, some acoustic guitars and just sat um, on the grass just um, you know 20 meters away from the blockade and and started playing some really um, awesome music just live in front of people just didn't announce it that they were coming or doing anything they just turned up and started playing and it was just um, yeah it was amazing just to see the you know parts of the community just finding different ways to um, I guess to to you know show solidarity and um, you know help in any way they could you know people with different skills um coming along and, and helping out in whatever way they could um i think like seeing the community um come together to um help when people were um you know uh, sp- sprayed with pepper spray and that that's a, a horrible thing that gets in your eyes and and uh burns and you know i've heard some people say that this is just one of the most painful things they've experienced in recent memory um and yeah, to see them, you know, literally not able to see, but the community people that had come, you know, all the way into Melbourne specifically just to help people in case they were injured and, you know, just sitting with those people and taking the time to get the water out and wipe the stuff out of their eyes and off their face. And, you know, it's a very slow decontamination process that's, you know, takes a lot of care and, and um, you know, while someone's going through quite an intense, um, painful moment and just seeing them, care for each other and, and and do that it was really cool to see you know just a swarm of people coming together it's you know they're not just running around being rat bags there's people that are that are amazing members of the community with first aid experience um 
you know, and, and, you know, there was a nurse that was there, um, you know, took the day off, took some time off and, and was there to just purely help out, um, and, and help with decontaminating people. Um, so stuff like that, I think was really cool. Yeah, definitely. And I think what people who maybe weren't there on the days don't realize is, yeah, there's the people who are linking arms, um, in front of the police that had a lot of footage taken off them with, um, the media and things like that. But um, if you pan the camera around, you would have seen the um, the well-being area, which included like, yeah, the first aid, like you said, Jam, but also the arrestee support, um, the emotional welfare team of about like, yeah, five to 10 people. And also there was people who were making lunch every day as well. So yeah, I suppose it's also um, good to remember that at, a, uh, at these sorts of events, if you're thinking of maybe you don't want to go because of how intense it is or because you, you can't be um, in a, a, a chance where you might get arrested. Um, there's lots of other things that you can do. And the other things which aren't so much on the forefront of the media are actually the things that are really the backbone of of what it is that, that allows people to, to be on the front lines in front of the police. So, um, yeah, I was part of the, the um, food team, which was, which was quite exciting and enjoyable. Um, yeah, nothing like a big cook up, um, for a good cause, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. And like all that time, like, you know, people like, I hear, I hear people walking past and the odd person's like, um, you know, get a job and like, oh, they're just lazy, got nothing, you know, better to do. But like, do you want to like, just explain like what, what, how does that, you know, get funded? How do, where does, you know, where does all that food come from? Obviously someone is providing that and, and cooking that stuff. Is that like, you know, it's not shipped in from, um, you know, courier services. This is something that the communities had to pull together to provide. Yeah, that's right. And I think with these sorts of events, um, actually the, um, people who, who make it happen do spend a lot of their own money, um, to, to, to get that going. Like, um, we, did do um, uh, we put a, a bit akin to what might happen at a church service at all of our organizing meetings we did have a money box going around just to fund things like flyers and that um, <laughs> but yeah we, we're going to have some fundraisers in the future and I think there's actually a gig coming up um, at a place called Cafe Gomu um, and the details of that will be on the Blockade iMark Facebook page but I think it's a um, it's a metal gig and it's going to be great. I don't have the details with me, but yeah, so we need to fundraise it ourselves. We're not getting backed by, we're not, we're not professional protesters being backed by, I don't know, some, what, what do they even say, Jam? I'm not sure. I don't know. They're, they're not, certainly not NGOs lining the pockets of people and stuff like that. This is community led from what I saw. Yeah, that's right. That's for sure. That, that, that's the case. And it's an interesting one with NGOs as well. Um, I think increasingly NGOs are finding themselves in a, in a place of needing to decide whether to support these high-profile direct action efforts um, or whether to kind of have a narrative more critical of the system rather than just trying to reform it. And, yeah, I know with XR, um, you know, these big NGOs um, are having to kind of have a official position on, on, on that sort of activism. And, yeah, I think that's an interesting time in the, in the history of the environment movement because people have to remember these NGOs actually have a lot of power and a lot of resources. And if they could be brought around, I think that would, maybe that would compromise some of the grassroots actions, but you know, it would be a powerful thing. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Jim. Um, I mean, yeah, look, I think if they, if they um, came in and helped, that would ease the pressure off a lot of people. A lot of people have, 
you know, had to take time off work and, and save up money um, from whatever jobs they have um, before the event and then um, chip in and, yeah, do it tough because paying food for, you know, hundreds of people was a big thing and, and providing all these different services. There was like a welcome desk there with lots of things, you know, lots of information, lots of flyers, people like suppliers getting brought in. Like that's all off the back and sweat of, of the average person who comes in and says, I want to do something about this. And yeah, I think if the NGOs wanted to help out, that would be appreciative. But also I think it's really powerful and amazing that it's not it's not necessary. Like still the people can do it Um either way and that's that was really cool and inspiring to see but yeah you know like i said there's there's fundraisers going on and if you weren't able to make the imark if you thought oh the imark blockade if you weren't able to be there through the week because you're at work or you just couldn't for whatever other reason um but you want to feel like oh that's something that i still believe in and contribute yeah come down to the to the fundraiser that you guys have got going on and and yeah cafe gummo i think you said which is on high street i believe like Yeah. yeah turn up and and um yeah lay some some change down and, and help support and, and yeah check the yeah. blockade imark page for details but yeah just on the on the support not needing to come from ngos yeah it's a good point place to acknowledge um kind of grassrootsy organizations that that are their own thing and have came and supported the blockade so we mal's the melbourne activist legal service um and actually 3cr as well did like um some uh help with with promotion and things like that um like independently of the blockade of course um, and not not tied to it in any way, but yeah, they they were there on the day doing live crosses, and um, you know it's good that there's independent media actually, um, yeah, going to things that matter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think like we'll uh, on that note we'll take a little bit of a another short little break, and um, yeah, chat more about all those all those cool things um, and interesting thoughts on climate activism and extractivism the next um the next song we've got up is like an old like song it's like solidly 80s i think um i I saw it before and i yeah i think it's worth having a listen people like that might not be familiar with it um gen y people this is like a song uh, you know about colonization about like um you know england first turning up and and um yeah basically the effects of first nations people due to um due to coming into a land that you consider oh like this is just a place to to set up shop um yeah this is a a good song with a good message so um yeah this is solid rock by goanna most lgbtiq people experience positive intimate and family relationships however like cisgendered heterosexual people some lgbtiq people experience abuse and violence in their relationships with respect is a new family violence service for lgbtiq plus victorians providing counseling and recovery programs for victims and survivors of family violence and help for people using violence who want to stop with respect is a partnership between queer Space, Thorn Harbour Health, Switchboard Victoria, and Transgender Victoria. For more information, visit withrespect.org.au or call 1800 542 847. With Respect is not a crisis service. If you need immediate help, call 000. A 3CR supporter. Hi, we're back um, with 3CR on 855 AM. This is the Sewer Show. We've got Luke on panel and Eric here as a blockade IMARC. Uh, goa and um and uh i guess helped organize certain aspects of it with food and other other parts of the uh the blockade um yeah i guess like something that i've thought 
that you hear a lot, like definitely something that was like part of the narrative when um, people on the other side were getting interviewed, um, particularly the miners walking into the to the um, mining conference, they'd say things, you'd get little sound bites like, oh, um, you know, where do these people get their shoes from? Where do these people get this from? Like, you know, it's all thanks to mining. And yeah, I was just wondering like, you know, what's your thoughts on mining as a, as a whole? Because some people are like, well, what can we, you know, we need mining to sustain ourselves, we, you know? So yeah, just thoughts, ideas. Yeah, well, I think um, a lot of people have different opinions on that. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. I think I, I, I'm personally not opposed to mining, extracting minerals wholesale, um, but I'm certainly opposed to extracting it in the way that these um, mining corporations are doing. You know, they're land grabbing, um, they're stealing, stealing value off workers, in the, you know, skimming off the top, basically. Um, you know, they're, they're doing it in a way that's extremely unsustainable. And we all know that um, the tailings and the, um, the land clearing that comes associated with mining on this large scale done in the way which companies like BHP and Oceana Gold have been and continue to do. Um, yeah, that, for me, that's not, that's not the way to go at all. But in my, if, if I dream about my utopia or something like that, I would love just a really small scale mines which... Um, are run by the workers and all the workers share all the profits of um, those mines. Um, they're managed well and yes, maybe the environment uh, does get compromised slightly but the, the amount of mining needed is severely reduced because I suppose in my utopia as well, we don't have you know, planned obsolescence with all the, um, all the products that these materials are actually being used for. We don't have mass scale consumerism. We, we've got um, these minerals being used for need, being used for, for medical um, you know instruments and being used where it's really needed um and and we've got the, the means of the production essentially is is not not this um corporate model where a few people are benefiting and everyone else is getting screwed including the the plants and the animals um but yeah it's it's a model where it's a lot lot smaller scale and also the um the wealth and the benefit of that extraction is shared and you know it is, i just want to say it is absurd that it's not shared i mean it's not like you can go and dig these um, minerals up uh, again you know it's a once-off thing and and you know this the situation at the moment is is really um yeah it's amazing that it's happening without um more people kicking up a stink about it but i mean a lot of people are kicking up a stink about it especially those on the front lines and that's got to be um, acknowledged, um, you know, indigenous people have been fighting these land grabbing e extractivist um, projects for a long time. But yeah, for me, uh, Jam, I'm not wholesale against mining, but I think it's not hard to imagine a world where mining can be done more uh, justly and um, on a much sm smaller scale. To um, you know, we just see the amount of waste in our current system, and you you kind of wonder, well, how much of all of that metal that goes into landfill and isn't being recycling could be. Um, you know, recycled with sophisticated and well-managed um, recycling systems. There's already so much minerals in the waste stream. Um, so, yeah, that's my two cents. Um, didn't, you kind of put that on me. I didn't kind of put a plan a, a very um, uh, scientific response, I suppose. But, yeah, I think there's other ways to do things, and these have been well-described by different um, writers and theorists um, you can look to. Um, and, yeah, how about yourself, Jam? I know that it's... Um, it's a question that um, can divide some people. Um, and yeah, I'm interested in your thoughts. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if people are interested in my thoughts. I, I generally, I generally, um, yeah, I generally think that there, 
a lot about what you were saying about recycling and, and reusing materials and perhaps like repurposing a lot of stuff that's maybe not being utilized right now. I mean, there are, there are literally thousands and thousands of empty apartments across Melbourne's skylines, you know, as we speak. And, um, that's just getting bigger and bigger and there's just, yeah, lots of useless buildings being created. And if those, you know, if, if profit and, and, you know, the ideas of capitalist progress um, wasn't there, then there's a lot of materials that are already dug out of the ground. They're already there, you know, repurposing them for the really important stuff. Um, yeah, for me, that's that's where, you know, a great future would lie is, you know, see where things are currently being wasted and, and use that. Like, you know, don't mine the ground, mine the cities. You know, they're big, they're big giant... Um, you know, edifices of steel and, and other minerals. And, um, you know, there's there's a, just an untapped resource there. We don't need to um, perhaps build these empty skyscrapers. Um, and that's 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 potentially like a big, big resource gap that we could, we could fill. Um, but yeah, you know, potentially there would be some small, um, you know, where that wouldn't be um, fitting the bill for all the resources needed. Uh, maybe there would be some smaller... Um, yeah, local co-op run type of setups of, of um, you know, shallow mines set up to to try to figure out ways of taking some things um, out of the ground at a, at, a, at a minimal harm rate instead of just these big open cuts um, mines that you just go as hard as you can until everything's stripped and the water there is polluted and used up. Um, yeah, and the land, the people that like are staying and living on that land, you know that that's not considered and taken into effect. Of like, should you even mine in that area because there are other people that, you know, are using that land. So I think, you know, I think a, a world where all that's thought about is definitely, um, definitely a way that we can avoid giant billionaire mining magnates existing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and yeah, and it's important to note that not all. Um you know, the different mines mine different things, obviously, you know, and the need to mine uh, coal and, um, yeah, brown and black coal, I suppose, is, is not really there at all anymore. And that's one of the things that um, we were targeting at the Blockade IMARC um, uh, effort. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and also, yeah, I think that the amount of um, resource extraction we need is very much proportionate to the level of consumption um, that people have and in many ways like the level of uh, in my experience the level of consumption that people have is some somewhat proportionate to their their own like um amount of community they have their 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 emotional well-being maybe also um yeah there's all sorts of things that have created this culture where people feel the need to go and buy a new iphone every year and um yeah i think that without um I don't think that we can, I think that we need mining if we're not going to challenge that way of doing things. But I think if we can try and um, imagine a world beyond just endlessly purchasing products and endlessly um, having these uh, material technological advancements, um, I think that, yeah, we're going to struggle. But, but that, I think, yeah, my experience is there's a lot more to life than just these material things and, and where it really exists is in the, in the relationships and in um, the stuff that we we do together, you know, no one. Yeah, there's all those all those classic quotes about onion deathbed. You're not going to worry about your iPhone and all that jazz. Yeah, anyway. 
No, absolutely. I think like a post-consumerist world is like something that um, would help us not need as much um, minerals being taken out of the ground. And particularly, like you said, the end of the day, the the main thing that was like really, um, you know, that was really a main point of blockade IMARC was to to really send a message to the coal miners, those companies that are currently spitting CO two into the atmosphere that is you know contributing so much to um, you know dangerous levels of climate change. Yeah, as well as linking those um, those organisations and those corporations to um, land disposition and and yeah indigenous rights and things like that um because yeah really yeah got to got to reiterate that those are the people who are on the front lines of of um these these struggles and yeah on just on that um it's a bit of a tangent but yeah i'd like to acknowledge that we actually had some elders travel from all all parts um of australia particularly also called australia um and yeah someone from yindamu and someone from uh, Tijual, I'm not sure if I pronounced that, pronounce that right, sorry, but that's in the central desert um, in so-called Western Australia and also uh, someone from Wiradjuri. We had some um, some West Papuan folks who really spearheaded things on one of the um, one of the days and um, yeah, like these are all people who have a direct relationship in their day-to-day lives with um, these um, extractive industries and um, firstly, like like to thank those people that came. We also did have um, Auntie Viv and Uncle Robbie um, from yeah from this land who um, who really helped with the energies of the of the blockade and also just like essential to have those voices there. So um, yeah, whilst whilst um, running these sorts of projects, I think that yeah people need to make sure that that those voices are heard because they've got the best stories. Firstly, but secondly, it's just it's it's out of it's it's the reality of the situation that they're the most affected um and yeah we need to consider that in how we organize um yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah absolutely 100% in um in terms of the future so that that was you know blockade imark what's the the future of blockade imark um that's a good question i think that's up up to all of us and even you dear listeners um the future of blockade imark well, certainly the uh, organization that runs the conference, the International Mining and Resources Conference, um, has booked them in at uh, the convention center for next year. So that's happening as far as we know. And um, whether or not people get together and try to um, stop it, sabotage it, um, is up to those people. I wouldn't be suggesting for people to do that in any way, shape or form. Um, on air so yeah it's really uh, it's really up to us to see what what builds for next year um, but certainly I think the um, blockade IMARC alliance which has publicly said that it helped to coordinate the blockade um, efforts has it's it, it it has potential to continue to next year so there might be a bit of structure um, there from from this year for next year to, to build off and maybe make it big enough to really um, shut the thing down and, and also big enough to be safer for the um, blockaders um, because I think that's one thing that we did have. We had quite a bit of numbers, but we didn't quite have enough to make sure that we weren't, um, yeah, targeted by police and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think, I think next year will be interesting. 
um, and keep an eye out, you know, keep an eye out for uh, these events coming up in between this year and next year. And yeah, just to shout out um, about that fundraiser that's happening. Um, it's called uh, De- Demonstration is a Human Right. And that's happening on the S- Sunday, the 8th of December from uh, 6 till 12 at Cafe Gamu. And um, yeah, it's going to have some pretty cool bands um, like Bog, Ambor, um, Cordell. There's kind of black metal, punk, post-hardcore, grindcore, all sorts of crazy things happening there. So keep an eye out for that event and other events as well. Um, also, in between now and the, the next um, blockade, if it does happen, um, we're going to have a lot of people um, going to court and um, you'll see uh, public Facebook events on that um, blockade iMark Facebook page if you want to get down and support folks who um, have been charged. And um, yeah, that would be really good. Um, because yeah, a lot of people were charged when they didn't want to be charged. Um, you know, no one ever wants to be charged maybe, except for maybe XR folks. Um, but yeah, yeah, it'd be great to show solidarity to people, to the many people I might say, I'm not sure what the official number is, but it's more than 50, um, yeah, who were charged. So that's going to be coming up. Um, yep. Do you have any thoughts yourself, Jam, on the future of, um, the conference itself maybe or whether they'll do it in melbourne again have they have we have the people um who attended the blockade scared them off or i think like i don't know i i think that they're they're definitely ready for um pushing back on on what the community want and they seem to be determined to go ahead with it for 2020 um, but i think if the community really wants to kick it out of melbourne and really wants to make it not happen anymore and put a stance i mean uh, definitely in New Zealand, there was an amazing thing where there was an, um, you know, there was a war game type of stuff going on. There was exhibitions on, on war planes and stuff like that, um, going on in, in New Zealand and they protested that over years and eventually got shut down and kicked out of New Zealand. So it's not the first time that conventions that, um, the people stand up to don't get, um, shut down and, and permanently, um, moved off site. So, um, yeah, if not this year, then definitely I think it's worth people um, checking out that Blockade iMark Facebook page, um, you know, early in the new year and, and seeing if people are ever, uh, you know, communicating on it and talking about it and gathering and, and having meetings and organizing. I think it's definitely, um, yeah, worth people that want to be involved is, um, yeah, early next year. I'd imagine it would be somewhere around March or April maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah, be worth be worth people um checking the Facebook page out and, and getting involved if they want in any way, shape or form. Like you said, there was food needing to be prepared. There was medics, people with first aid certificates, you know, call for them to be there just to look after people, um, you know, well-being, emotional well-being, lots, lots of support roles. So, um, yeah, if anyone wants to get involved in um, IMARC 2020, should it uh, blockade IMARC 2020, I should say, should it happen? Um, yeah, I reckon. I reckon the Facebook page is, is a good place to start. Yeah, or even if you have your idea that you want to do there, maybe a nice little stunt or artistic action, just go and do it. You know, I personally, I, I speak for myself. I encourage that sort of spontaneity and people working in their own affinity groups that they feel comfortable with. And on that, you know, there's block, there is blockade IMARC as a as a project to work on if you're interested, but there's so much other stuff going on, um, you know, as, as a lot of people are probably aware of. And it, I personally find it hard to keep track of what's on and what I should, uh, not what I should, but what I feel like going to and what I want to support. Um, and just like to shout out um, to uh, a really great resource that I found h- helpful is Approaching Critical. 
Um, you can Google it. It's a website and a Facebook page that gets regularly updated with um, events um, for about resisting, I suppose, the uh, um, current system and about single issues as well, but also events for like alternatives um, and about transitions and cooperatives and all sorts of other things. So yeah, do check out Approaching Critical if you're um, wanting to go along to stuff and have a bit of energy and um, yeah, that's a little shout out there. Yeah, amazing. So you are doing some work in like co-op spaces and things like that? Yeah, personally, um, that's something I'm pretty passionate about. I think um, needing to have some sort of money, monetary income is one thing. Um, and then also wanting to work together with other people in a way that doesn't um, make me feel alienated from the task that I'm doing um, lends itself really well to, to, to what I'm trying to do, which is um, part of a co-op that's seeding at the moment. Um, so that's, yeah, that's definitely a motivation of this, um, towards this alternative world that we might be able to, to build, um, coupled with, with resisting the current one is my current view. Absolutely. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Resisting and also finding alternate ways of, um, yeah, doing, um, yeah, living, I guess, um, in this current world and, and future worlds is really important. So commendable stuff, um, Eric. So yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking and chatting with us. Thanks for giving us the lowdown on, on Blockade iMark and everything that that was. And um, yeah, thanks to Luke who helped out with the panel and did amazing. And um, yeah, we'd just like to say goodbye to listeners. Thanks for being with us on uh, 855 uh am on 3cr and um yeah we're the sewer show you've been listening to a 3cr podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3cr in melbourne australia for more information go to all the w's.3cr.org.au